Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Bowling, and I'm way pumped to have you join me today because I get to interview a special guest. As you listen today, you get to hear what it looks like to live in genuine love every day, and you're going to love it. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. Hey, hey, check it out. I have a new guest, somebody really cool I want to introduce you to. This is Hakeem Collins. Hakeem, thank you so much. Thanks for having Hanging me, Hanging out, Sarah. dude. We had some fun. They had to stop us from chatting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about sports. Marshall, you went to Marshall for college. Yes, I did. Right? So, and you said you walked on. Like, tell me again, what, what did you walk on for? I walked on as a wide receiver. Mm. Um, Actually, at the time when I came to Marshall University, I wanted to run track because that's what I did in high school. And I never played, actually, football in high school. So when they got rid of the actual track team, um, I didn't know what else to do because I love sports. So I said, well, let me just try out for the football team. And that's basically what happened. And so I had a lot of competition from a lot of people from all over the country, Mm. big states, big schools. and so I had a competition, and so I did what I needed to do, worked hard, and I ended up uh, making a team. It was seven of us. <laughs> That's astounding. Yeah. Wide receiver for Division One, Mark. That's fantastic. Yeah. Cool is that? What did you study? What was your undergrad? Actually, sports management and marketing. Ooh. Yeah. How fun is that? It was awesome. I, I love it. I love sports even to the today. Mm-hmm. And um, even now, even though I'm older, I still act like I can still got it so you know how that is i do and then maybe have a few little tweaks injuries <laughs> from time to time Absolutely. so are you like major football fan i am yeah i am you prefer professional college all what do you like i like both i uh-huh. like basketball i like college um, football track and field olympics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter super fun jeez yeah. And born and raised, where were you born and raised? In Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah. They say, where, where is Delaware? But right in Delaware on the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then uh, Marshall's in West Virginia. Yes. Is that a big change from, like, culture-wise, West Virginia to Delaware? It is. It is. Um, it's somewhat similar because Delaware, it's kind of, like, mixed. It, it has urban, of course, and fast-paced, but then it's also um, a place where people go and retire or want to, you know, build big housing and <laughs> live there and yeah. retire. And then also the beaches are nice there as well. I'm a beach fan. Ooh, yeah. yeah, bring okay. that. Did you ever try surfing? I never tried surfing, but I was a lifeguard and a pool manager. So oh, I that's well. fun. You like swimming too? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. But you said you ran track mm-hmm. in high school. So what'd you run? Well, I was on the relay team and I ran the four by one, four by two, four by four. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually the anchor. So, you know, they had to depend on me. Yeah. So, yeah. Speedy. Speedy. Super <laughs> speedy. So I always have this question, you know, when you do the relay thing and it's passing the baton, like that's a big deal. Yes. Because if you drop it, you kind of lose, right? Yeah, I mean, we're disqualifying, yeah. yeah. What are some things that you, like, key things for that baton pass? I think the key thing is um, synergy, teamwork, coordination. Um, you have to definitely be focused, mm-hmm. you know, even spiritually when you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, with the next generation, one generation to another generation, mm-hmm. I look at that as we're running a race, mm-hmm. you know, for Christ. And we, you know, even Paul talked about run your race. Mm-hmm. Um, but not be disqualified. And so passing that baton, I think it's key to life. It's a principle. Mm-hmm. But, um, we, you know, we can't live forever. I wish we all can make the Guinness World Record. But um, we must pass the baton to the next generation mm-hmm. and, and give them that impartation and give them those principles and mm-hmm. how to stay focused, how to be um, 
the greatest person you can be in God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in your walk with Jesus. So I think that relates and being, being the anchor. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, being anchored in prayer, being anchored in God and, mm-hmm. and your relationship with the Father. So I think that's key. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into all the Jesus stuff? Well, okay, I was seven years old. Um, and my, I, I was raised in a, a family, basically in a family where it was like an environment was not in my household, but the environment I lived in was very rough. I lived in a, a poverty stricken environment, um, a single, you know, family home. Father wasn't there. It was just really dysfunctional. But my grandmother actually wanted me to be reared in, in the faith. And so she introduced me to Jesus through a Baptist church. She said, I need you guys, because I have a twin brother, by the way. Nice. And so she wanted us to be anchored in Jesus and in the faith of Christianity. And so I joined a Baptist church at seven years old. And from there, I started having supernatural encounters. Um, I didn't even know there was a call on my life until that time of just hearing my pastor, who was the blind man. He basically was preaching the message of Jesus. And, and behind him was like literally a silhouette of a, like a man standing behind him. Wow. And I saw it at the age of seven. Now, I wasn't saved at the time, Sarah, but I literally had this open-eye vision, this vision of this, this silhouette man standing behind him. And from there, I was seeking more, like, wait a minute, what's that? Because, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And from there, I gave my life to the Lord because of that encounter. Oof. Yeah. And what did your grandmother say to that? Well, she thought I may be it's crazy because, you know, I was just always to myself growing up. Mm. It was just me and my brother. But I was the middle child. And you know how that is. And yeah. so just being the middle child, I had to kind of I was in my own world. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, basically, I actually found my identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so basically that encounter gave not only me hope, but also that Jesus is real mm-hmm. and that the supernatural is real. And so it became, I became more of a seeker. Mm-hmm. And um, when you seek, you shall find. Yeah. And so that's basically what happened. The more I seek, not just the encounters, but mm-hmm. to know Jesus personally. Mm-hmm. And so he began to reveal himself more and more to me mm-hmm. um, at not only at the age of seven, but at the age of 12, I had... Um, supernatural encounter as well. What happened then? I actually saw an angel. Mm. um, And this angel actually visited me in my closet. I was in the closet praying for about three days. I was on a fast. And if my mother at twelve yeah. And so my what mother. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I'm my, sorry, no, I'm sorry, no. I'm sorry. But no, that's what my mom would be saying. If I probably, yeah. if she probably knew what, if I was in the closet praying and fasting, yeah. I probably would be still on punishment to this day. <laughs> um, but there was a seek. I wanted more. Yeah. And so I read in the scriptures, if you want to pray, just go into your so- closet Secret place, yeah. and just pray to the Father and he mm-hmm. revealed himself. And so that's what I did literally. I took the scripture literally and I went in there for three days. And each day I had an, a personal encounter, a supernatural encounter. Mm-hmm. And so the first day I saw an angel. Um, when I was praying, I was weeping before the Lord. And I'm like, is this really happening to me? This is really um, an angelic visitation. Now, again, at that time, I didn't know. Yeah. But you're young, you're open, you're, sure. you're seeking. Sure. And then the second day, I wanted that same encounter. And the second day, I actually literally had an angel touch me. And, the, and, and there was no light in the closet. There was no um, anything in there but this being in yep. me. Yep. And then the third day, I wanted that same encounter, but nothing happened. And then I heard my voice of my mother mm. saying, Hakeem. And so I thought I was in trouble. And I looked, and there was no one there. And so I'm like, okay, I know she's, she called me, and she wasn't there. I went outside that day, just played basketball with some friends, and I literally um, heard, Sarah, the audible voice of God. It was, I, literally, it was ducking, looking around, saying, what's going on? 
and thought that I was the only one hearing it, but I was. Mm. And it frightened me, and I ended up going back into my house and under the covers, and the Lord spoke to me and said, this is me, Hakeem. This is the Lord Jesus. I am calling you to a calling. Wow. And so that's how that beginning of my mm -hmm. call. And then how did that play out for you in high school? Well, like any, you know, young sure. teenager, um, I was influenced with my environment, my, my yeah, environment, yeah. you know, again. And so I ended up doing things that I wasn't proud of. Sure. But I was still saved. I still yeah. had faith in Jesus. But it was just that the outside voice had more yep. influence. Yep. And so I ended up getting arrested mm. at the age of 19. And at the age of 19, um, I was in this jail cell. And that's when I had another visitation from Jesus. Wow. Jesus came into my jail cell and he gave me an ultimatum. He said, today, choose this day who you will serve. Mm -hmm. I didn't call you to a prison ministry, but I call you to a prophetic ministry. Mm. And I always knew that I had a prophetic call on my life or a call to be a prophetic voice um, at a very you know, early age because I had dreams and visions sure. and those, of course, sure. those encounters. But that day was so real. And that was the, what I call a defining moment. Yeah. That moment was a time that I needed to make a decision. Mm -hmm. It was here or now, mm -hmm. now or later. Mm -hmm. And I choose Jesus that day. And so 10 minutes later, they released me from jail. Wow. So uh, my decisions was mm -hmm. basically an open door for my destiny to be mm -hmm. revealed. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so after you got out, then what did you, what did you do from there? I went to college. Serious? Right after that, wow. I was serious. I went straight to college. And, um, and I started witnessing to people in college. Um, there was a group called um, Campus Crusades. Yeah. And so I was one of the leads, you know, kind of prayer warriors and, um, yeah. you know, spokesman, I guess, yeah. for, for that. And just, I started having prayer meetings as well as Bible study in my dorm room. Wow. And so it'll be about 30 of us young people just on fire for God and yeah. love for God and love for his word. And we started just growing in God and loving on each other. Mm -hmm. And that's when the prophetic gift started activating even the more. Yeah. And I started ministering to, you know, my peers. And when you started moving into that, did it scare you at first? Um, it, it really did, um, only because I'm, I was seeing the results. Yeah. And I was seeing the impact and people were weeping and my peers were crying and they're like, well, how did you know that? And some of them, I won't say all of them, but some of them wasn't even saved. Yeah. So, the, you know, when they hearing something about you give them intel about them, sure. they may think you're, you're a psychic right. or something like that. Right. And I said, no, my source is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is revealing this to me. And that's how you know that Jesus is real yeah. because I wouldn't know this. Um, I don't even know you. Right. Um, but their lives were changed. And so it did scare me, but it was a blessing as well. Kind of an adventure. Yeah, I would say it was an adventure because I continued to grow and see God in that. And, and the more he revealed confidential things, the more I was humbled. Yeah. Because he's sharing some things to me and I'm, I'm not perfect. Yeah. And so if he can reveal those things, secret things concerning someone else, I'm not exempt. So sure. I had to make sure I'm humbled. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And so from there you got your degree. What'd you say? Sports management? Sports management and marketing. Marketing. Yeah. Yes. And then stepping into ministry stuff. What'd you do? How have you kind of worked into that space? Well, actually the day that I actually gave, um, my yes to Jesus in that jail cell, I went to college, but it was kind of a dual 
situation mm -hmm. because it was college then ministry because mm -hmm. I'll be in McDonald's or I'll be in different restaurants and people would say hey I don't know who you are but there's something on you mm -hmm. what's your name and they will kind of inquire and I'll tell them my name and they say well you know do you preach or do you minister or and I say well I am a part of a Baptist church and no I don't preach but I do love Jesus and I do um, you know have a word in my mouth mm -hmm. you know and so they would say I want you to come to my church you know, can you minister to the young wow. people? And I'm like, sure, you know, and that's how, how really the ministry started. Yeah. And so they would invite me and I'll come. And ironically, I'm thinking it's a bunch of youth, but it'll be people, you know, my, my mother's age mm, and sure. my grandmother's age. And there were people with wheelchairs and crutches and all of that. And what it did, Sarah, it unlocked another gifting that was on the inside of me with, of healing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because I didn't even know that. Nice. Yeah. So you kind of grew up in the Baptist church and sometimes the Baptist church, sometimes, not always, but sometimes they can be a little sketchy on that gift thing, you know? Absolutely. Uh, the gifts of Holy Spirit. And with your grandmother kind of introducing you with, how did that play out for you? It was, um, it was sketchy. Um, I did take a, get a lot of flack because I was very gifted. Mm. Um, I wasn't unruly or undisciplined or any of that. You know, I didn't shake up anything. I can shake up anything, but I just didn't. Sure. But the they didn't embrace it, of course, because of the doctrine and what they believed. Yeah. And they didn't even believe in women preachers. Yeah. You know, but for me, it was um, it's still an adventure because I was seeking truth mm. and things that I was seeing. And I'm reading my Bible and I'm like, no, that's, that can't be, you know. Yep. So that was my journey in more truth. I'm not saying they don't they don't have truth, right. but I needed the full truth. I sure. needed to know. And then these supernatural experiences, I'm saying it biblically and I'm not seeing it in, in, in this, yeah. this particular Baptist church. Sure. And so I, I did leave, yep. um, but I did transition to a more of a, more of my flow, more of a prophetic, yeah. non-denominational um, spirit-filled, spirit-led yep. ministries. Yep. Very that cool. That was able to embrace it. Very cool. And you said, how many books have you written? I've written seven books. Seven. What's Seven. your favorite book you've written? Ten Prayer Secrets. Nice. Ten Prayer Secrets. Is that the most current one? Most current one. Yep. Yeah. What's the hardest one you wrote? I will say my newest one that will be coming out is called Unseen Warfare. Mm. And and because of the time that we're in right now, yeah. uncertainty and civil unrest and this, you know, uh, and, you know, it's just yeah. a lot going on in the world. Yeah. This was nothing but warfare. Yeah. But it taught me a lot about the weapons that we have. Mm-hmm and what we can put on the full armor of God and we can just stand mm -hmm. and we can re we don't have to rebuke him but we can resist him mm -hmm. and um, he will flee mm -hmm. so that was the hardest book Unseen Warfare mm -hmm. because it's it's a subject not that I'm not unfamiliar with but it's just I was tested mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the last seven months I've been through so much mm -hmm. we all have the nation has been right. through so much in the last nine months but mm -hmm. but I wanted to expose the unseen enemy and know that Jesus can mm -hmm. conquer and push back all of that mm -hmm. that's going on. And so the Unseen Warfare mm -hmm. comes out probably in 21? 21, 21, yep, 21, yep. Um, March 16th. Nice, nice. So the manuscript's done, they're editing. Yes. Are you in that editing phase of all that? Just started, I turned it in on election day. Yeah, I get that. Turned it in on election day. I so. get that, and mm -hmm. now they're gonna, I, I know oh, the drill. Yeah. It's fun, super fun. <laughs> it is fun. fun. I know, I know, it I know, is. I know. So, Hakeem, married, not married? Not married not yet. Not married. No. Very cool. And why was the prayer book the easiest to write? Because I love prayer. 
yeah. I think that was the foundation or anchor mm -hmm. um, of everything that I do. Um, it, I, the Lord speaks to me often, of course, through prayer, um, times where I felt like he's not there and then he'll show up last minute yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Or he was always there, mm -hmm. you know, and so it is that time where I hear him the most. Mm -hmm. It is those time in meditations that I've experienced supernatural encounters. There's times that I've would just prostrate before him and just laying and weeping and he'll show up. Yeah. So it was just prayer. It's just been kind of what I'm anchored in. Mm -hmm. And um, without prayer, I don't think I would even finish these books. I yeah. probably wouldn't even be here. Yeah. I could have been doing something else, but it's through my relationship with Jesus that nice. kept me it's in prayer. Nice. And uh, totally unrelated, what do you do to relax? How do you chill out? Sleep. That's I, it? I, I, I love to sleep. I yeah. love to rest. Um, I do meditate. I do meditate mostly. And um, I'm a reader. Yeah. I love to read. I love to get more information and, and empower myself. I think readers are leaders. Yeah. Leaders are readers. Yeah. Um, so that, that relaxed me. Yeah. You know, but most people like watch TV. I haven't always been that type of person. Sure. I've always been just yep. maintaining and resting and reading. Yeah. And what do you like to read? I like uh, reading all types of subjects. Yep. You know, spiritual warfare, prayer, prophetic healing, uh, all of those that challenges with me, you mm -hmm. know. Um, if I don't know it, of course, you know, I have to back it up at the word because some books are sure. maybe a little too far out there. But, sure. you know, yeah. I like to know what people are thinking and what's yep. their paradigms and their, you know, mm -hmm. their perspective. So. Do you like fiction at all? Nah, not really. No. Nope. Not really. Mostly nonfiction? Mostly nonfiction. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And our uh, favorite sports team? Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. I am the nice. Eagles. Yeah, so we finally got our Super Bowl. Nice. Yeah, I used to get in trouble all the time in high school and get in fights with people and arguments because of my, my, my uh, sports team. You yeah. Know? Especially yeah, the yeah. Dallas Cowboys fans. Yeah. I love the Dallas Cowboys fans. They're, they, they keep me on my toes. <laughs> nice. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. Very cool. Holy buckets. Wasn't that amazing? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. Totally love your guts. And I'd love for you to share this with your friends and your family. Thank you again and again for listening. And we'll catch you next week.